0: Jared, what's going on, dude? Thanks. Uh, I, I we're recording on a Friday. I don't know when this is gonna drop, but dude, thanks for spending like an afternoon with me on a Friday here.
1: Of course, bro. I appreciate you having me on. Man, I'm pumped. I'm pumped. Yeah,
0: same, same, bro. I uh, I'll let you do your little intro here in a sec. I uh, we we kind of just chatted for like ten minutes before we even hopped on. But uh, you you've always been somebody who I've uh, I've looked up to in the space from a standpoint of like uh, a coach that gives a fuck about the uh, mental work that goes into Mm. eating and leading a healthier life. And uh, I think there's a lot of coaches that do a good job of that, but you have been somebody that I found, I think three years ago, four years ago now, since I've started kind of developing my own practice, working with people, Um, killer podcasts, killer content. Uh, I, I know uh, a lot of people feel the same way, but all that being said, you're somebody I've always looked up to and somebody that I've always just kind of like consumed in the background um, throughout the last few years. And uh, it's it's an honor to have you on here. Uh, I'll let you do your little intro selfishly. I don't know much about you either, but where you're from, you know your <laughs> fitness story, like education, do whatever you want, and then we'll kind of go from there. But yeah. I
1: appreciate that, man. I mean, it means a lot. You know what I mean? Uh, that's 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 a, that's a very, very nice compliment. Um, so my story, it's, it's funny is, uh, it is it's one of those things where I, I'm, this is the last spot you would ever expect me to end up like, or the way that I grew up, like the whole nine yards. So I'll try to keep it short, but basically long story short is every time of my career evolved and got me to it was all on an accident. So like when I went to school originally, I thought I was going to be a physical therapist started down that route Decided that was not the way I wanted to go um, But then in route I found personal training and I fell in love with personal training And then I built a pers- whole personal trainer business like I was working for like three different gyms and Ended up switching to my own independent thing and like Went to the got to the point where I built that to like 200 sessions a month like crazy shit. It's 438 and 9p life All of that did that for like five years and then one thing led to another and then I decided I'm like, you know I, I really want to get into the online space where I have a little bit more freedom and can help more people and so, the very first thing I did was, I hired a mentor that built the online business. Um, who is like, he's, I mean, now he's an industry titan. Um, he's, uh, he, he's a good friend of mine who built all, all his stuff. So, I just hired him, hey, show me how to do this online thing. And that's why well, I worked with him for like four years after that while getting my online business off the ground. And then that started to, to what I would call end its chapter, where, where, um, where at the time I was just teaching sustainable fat loss, like that's as deep as it got, like just, eat donuts drink wine lose weight like enjoy your kids like that's that's the that's the deepest it got but then i went on my journey of of like my own exploration got into therapy my own um changing my own belief patterns and all that got into psychology all this stuff and that's when i felt like something has to be different because everything i knew about like psychology and personal development over here then everything i knew about diet good habits fat loss over here i'm like "Mm, these worlds need each other but no one does it. And then I'm like, Oh shit, no one does it. So that's when I built my system. So that's why I always say outer work without inner work doesn't work because then when we get down to it, where my stuff really starts to kick in is what's stopping everyone from getting where they want to be has nothing to do with, Fat loss, but it's triggered by fat loss. Like I could snap my fingers and everyone have the best metabolism, macros, workouts, all that stuff, but everyone would still struggle because they sabotage. They have a terrible relationship with food. They emotionally eat, they binge eat, they know what to do, but not do it, but don't do it. All of those things. Well, if that's the case, those are all found like foundational inner game problems. That's why we need to do what I call is diet from the inside out. it's why it's, my podcast is called dieting from the inside out because we need to diet from the inside out before we diet for real. If we want to have results that last, so that's kind of like my like little dating history of the, the career, if you will.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. No, that's that's awesome. Yeah. I didn't know uh, any of that. So that's great. I, um, yeah, when you say, uh, cause I, I've, I've been on a similar route where it's like, yeah, you have your health, your fitness pursuits. Uh, you also uh, have to acknowledge that there's like these, uh, mental health pursuits that need to be, uh, dragged or I would say put in front of the health and fitness pursuits at some level. And yeah. You, uh, for those who can't see us on uh, this, you can't see us uh, on Spotify or anything, but you kind of had your mental health on one side and then your physical health on the other side. And I think that's a really good point that these, these uh, different like uh, inputs when it comes to your overall health and well being. They're all like independent from one another. At least that's kind of how it's approached maybe in the in the space and what I've seen right now where we have the mental health space doing their own thing. And then we have the uh, health industry doing their own thing. And then we have the food industry doing, you know, not a lot to help out everything else in in addition to it. Um, and none of these things are like actually on the same page, you know, and, and people kind of go through these pursuits where they try and tackle one at a time, but man, it's like the combination of all of these things, changing your environment, changing, uh, you know, the way you talk to yourself also like learning and having some sort of education around nutrition training, like what I should be doing for my goals. And then also pairing that with like, The mental health sort of thing. So I I resonate with that in the sense that like, I think a lot of people kind of overlook the importance of pairing all of those together instead of like targeting one at a time and expecting the others just to like, have this, you know, profound effect because you've fixed one thing with your macros, you know,
1: right. Yeah. No, I mean, I completely, I completely agree. Cause the thing is that they're people treat them separately, separately, but they're all interconnected, but especially from like the fat loss side if like you, if someone's like, yeah, cause here's, here's the pushback I normally get from people is yeah, I get the inner game stuff, Jared, but I want to lose weight now. But here's my, th- my thing is, do you want it coming back? But also if you don't address your inner game and fix it, it's, it manifests on the surface. Imagine someone wanting to build a house, but they're like, yeah, forget that foundation thing. It's like the house will crumble. It'll be there for three months. and Then the walls will cave in because you have people that the, the people that are listening to this, you guys have to understand that the foundation of a house touches all rooms that your inner game foundation touches all pieces of your life, including fat loss. Try being in a calorie deficit long enough to make fat loss happen while having a horrible relationship with food. Try not try being consistent while your identity thing, while your identity is in a place where you feel worthless and not good enough. So you sabotage and getting in your own way, right? Try, um, Try losing weight while you emotionally eat because you don't know how to cope with your negative emotions. It all manifests on the surface. This is why we have to do the inner work so the outer work will actually work.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, one thing I, uh, I I love about you and something you've said for a long time, your podcast has named it, but dieting from the inside out. I think that's fucking gold, dude. And uh, yeah, I, I'd love to honestly just kind of go there now and, and talk around that. Like, what was the, what was the impetus for you to like, Title that your podcast. I don't, I don't think it's been the name of your podcast forever, right? I think that came a little bit after. um, Where where did that kind of like like do you have a moment in your life where the, that you truly felt that or you went through that? Uh, And then obviously translating that to the clients you work with, the content you create, like just just tell me a little bit more about that because I'm I've been curious of like how you coined yeah.
1: that. Yeah. So it's funny, is a lot of the cool shit I say came out organically from conversation with people. So dieting from the inside out was that because I never heard that anywhere. Um, and where that came out was uh, when, so for so my thing is from the coaching side of things. I'm like, we're working with people and they go, cool. How do we, how does coaching work? I need to be able to logically walk people through how we create results. So, I mean, I think anyone should, I think it, as a service provider, as a coach, I should be able to logically tell you with my words, how we make fat loss happen. And if someone can't, then there's red flags. I think if someone's trying to achieve fat loss on their own and you cannot logically walk and explain to me how you're going to make it happen, it's not going to happen. It's like, I could go to my grandma and be like, hey, grandma, how do I make those dope ass cookies? And my grandma would say two cups of this, three cups of this. But, you know, we should be able to walk through that. So in my communication with our clients, I had to get across to them. All right. I know you want to lose weight, but we do that in stage two. The very first thing we've got to do is fix your foundation, fix your relationship with food, fix your identity, fix your belief patterns, fix your sabotaging. we're going to do that first. So essentially, we're going to diet you from the inside out before we diet you for real. That's how it came out. Yeah. So it came out in conversation to me communicating how we create results that last forever. Um, and it just organically flew out of my mouth. So.
0: Yeah, Oh, no, that's great. And, uh, I think just emphasizing the point that like external change doesn't always equate to, and very rarely equates to, um, um, fulfillment like uh you know validation like how you feel about yourself like you can never hate yourself into a new body and end up at a place where you love because you change the way you look on the outside right um, like uh, in Not putting words in your mouth but i agree like you have a client and they come to you and it's like okay like we have to acknowledge where we're at right now like how did you get here um reflect and not come from a plane a place of like shame or guilt that you haven't been able to like figure everything out yet but like a, a place of appreciation for like hey we've had a lot of trial and error we've done x y and z like the things that you've done in the past haven't worked so like you expecting us to do the same thing but you just having an accountability partner probably not going to be the best approach this time. You know, and I think that's the benefit of having a coach or following people like Jared or, or others in the space that do a good job talking about this. But yeah, I think, um, I think there's just been such an emphasis on the way we look and how we portray, uh, or, or the societal expectations and how we expect ourselves to look in front of our partner or in, in, uh, uh, uh at our work setting or wherever the case may be, or people on Instagram. And I think it's a, uh, it, it's just kind of a path that a lot of people take, but don't actually, Actually, get to the end destination that they think they're going to get to
1: mm. yeah I mean it, it's one of those things where the here's the thing where people miss the mark is they think there's this or that This is something my therapist talks about a lot, um, where a lot of people think we have to choose, where we need to use and a lot instead of the word or. Well, it's either either I look good or I feel good. It's my mental health or my physical health. It's I have to make this all about societal expectations and aesthetics or this. It's like, no, no, no. It's all connected and correlated. But there's also an order of of operations, right? For a house to have a successful build, it needs a foundation and the walls and ceiling but just because but we have to put the order order in the right spot we need to do the foundation first wall second ceiling third it's just the same thing here because we also have to look at this logically right if 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 we if someone's listening to this and they're in the position where they every time they lose the weight they gain it back more effort's not the answer working harder is not the answer Restrict, restricting more being better whatever the fuck that means um, none of that's the answer Well, what's causing the fat lot or what's causing the fat lot fat to come back? What's causing the fall off? What's causing you to go? I get in my own way. I know what to do, but not do it. Well, maybe we should unpack each of those and actually get to the root of what's causing the problem, you know, to change, to fix the fruit. You got to change the root or I'm sorry to, yeah, to, to, to change the fruit. You got to fix the root. We got to go to the root cause of all this. Otherwise we're just going to have surface level bullshit that never gets us anywhere.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, dude. And it kind of, uh, brings me up to this next point that I, I feel like we're talking about a little bit, but, um, like, like why it's important to diet from the inside out, you know, quote unquote, or why it's important to do the internal work before we can see some of the external changes start to happen. And, uh, I think you said a couple of them, but like this whole self-sabotage I heard you just say, I think is, uh, sometimes like a a thing that I see in the space. I know you probably see it a lot too. people's belief systems, like their perception on things, like not being able to reframe stuff. Um, I guess my question is like, what what, what do you think? And again, this is going to depend on the person, of course, but what are some overarching themes that you've seen working with clients, even going through things yourself uh, that, that are like stuff that most people struggle with that not a lot of people are talking about? There's a few that come to mind.
1: So with the inner game stuff, the hardest part where people either aren't talking about it or they're not able to quantify what it means or how to fix it. For example, certain things you'll hear a lot. You hear that, like you'll hear the, you'll hear the term "oh, be more mindful." That the fuck does that mean? If Mrs. Jones just binge ate her face off, and she literally is about to quit and throw in the towel. And you had the audacity to tell her to not, for her not to binge, be mindful. Go fuck yourself. That's not helpful. Well, what's be mindful mean? Does it mean breathe? Does it mean get present? Does it mean stop what you're doing until the emotions calm down? Does it mean actually have a process to to think things through? But telling Mrs. Jones, Jones to be mindful is just laughable. That's not helpful at all, especially during a really intensive moment, like a binge session, because she got fired from her job that day, right? So I think a lot of this is we're not tactical enough. There's a term I use a lot. I call it philosophically tactical. A lot of these things in the, the the inner game space almost sound woo-woo, hyperbole, I'll oh, be more mindful, connect deeper with yourself, hold space. The fuck does that mean? We need to be a little bit more tactical because these are what I call intangibles, fixing your relationship with food, um, um, addressing your sabotaging coping mechanisms, becoming present. Those are all great, but most people don't understand what that means. Because the reason people say stuck, one of the reasons people say stuck in the surface level, it's quantifiable. Eat in a calorie deficit. That means less than what your body burns. Go to the gym three times this week, drink three liters of water. Ridiculously tactical, ridiculously quantifiable, ridiculously understandable. Well, tell, well, so that, how do we do this with the inner game? We have to have an education around it enough to where you can do the same thing. That's the, the, my biggest thing is I'm the tactics guy. If your relationship with food is bad, here are the five steps. If you sabotage subconsciously, here are the five steps. If you know what to do, but don't do it and are not very mindful, here's the five steps, right? We need to, I don't know if this is a word, we need to tangibilize the intangibles. And that is how we can create certainty. That's how we can go. Am I doing this or am I not? We need to be able to check it off or not. That's like calorie deficit. Did you eat it or not? Yes or no. Okay. Well, let's say your relationship with food. Did you do the three things to fix it today? Yes or no. And now we can track this. Now it can be quantifiable. Now we have certainty. And then now we have results.
0: Yeah. I love that. Uh, I love the word tactical in this kind of scenario, especially when we're talking about things that, like you said, are are extremely subjective, right? Like mindful. Like, how do you feel after meals? Um, What are the emotions that you're feeling? Like what influenced some of these decisions, man, there's, there's so many fucking inputs when it comes to the decision-making, how we talk to ourselves, how we, uh, uh, how we decide what to do or what not to do in these moments, how we stack these things over the course of the Mm -hmm. day, the week. And I think, I think that Uh, the appealing thing, at least from like a, um, a health fitness pursuit is like, there's these very objective measures that we can all attack and be tactical with, To use your words. Um, you mentioned calorie deficit tracking calories. How many veggies do we get a day? Like, you know, how much water are we drinking? What are your steps? Did you Mm -hmm. track all your workouts? What were your weights? Like all things that I think are very important and things that 1000% are part of the process, but in the absence of, Yeah. You know, doing the other things like there's a difference between being a fucking robot and being a human being. Sometimes, with uh, at least with trying to reach optimal health, trying to create Mm -hmm. a better version of yourself, right? Like all these definitions of what people want or what success looks like to them is going to be very different from from me to Jared to the person listening to this to Mrs. Jones, who you're talking about. But yeah, it's the acknowledgement that uh, the other things exist, and I, I yeah, I don't know about you, but I feel like people often overlook that in pursuit of changing all the tangible things that they can get their hand on that, yes, can elicit those results. But again, not done in the best headspace. You know, it's all about, you know, the intention in which we do things. And and man, people can do the same thing, both in different headspaces, get maybe similar results, but you check in with them a year later, they're probably going to be in very different places. So mm-hmm. thank you for, for wording that. I, um, yeah, I never, I actually never thought of it that way, but uh, it, it's, it, it, it kind of just, encompasses everything that goes into this. And it's not just the, the, what questions that people constantly ask, what calories, Mm -hmm. what, you know, what are these things, bro? Everybody can fucking tell you that even the people who are the most, I hate to say uneducated, but just like the people who don't have the certifications who haven't been coaching people, like they can tell you those things too, but real coaches, real good coaches are there for you to talk about how, like, how are you going to implement those things? And then ask the why questions behind it. Why is that important to you? Why do you want to do this? Like, why do you think that's going to change your life? And then, and those are the reasons that I think people can see really substantial change over their lifetime. Um, But those are usually the things that go unanswered or don't even get asked at all.
1: They don't get asked at all. That's, that's the biggest issue is there's, we, how to put this nicely, the, the industry as a whole is surface level. Even like, even the good stuff, like that's the thing is my, my, the way that I would define it, even the deep stuff for most people is surface level. Metabolic health is surface level. You're even like getting into deeper health stuff, like that's still surface level because if you, you could have all those things in check, you could have the best metabolism, best hormones, the best food choices, the best coach and trainer in the world. But if you are not addressing your fucking emotional brain, your, logical brain your habitual brain your subconscious conditioning and your beliefs as a whole nothing will matter because we we we're on autopilot 90 percent of the day and we will sabotage to that autopilot so cool yeah you bought the metabolism guide yep you're working with the hormone coach yep you're working with a gut microbiome expert dope well, what are you going to do when you go on 90% autopilot like you're like the normal adult, when you have life and kids and work and stress and you and your husband are fighting and you know what to do, but you don't do it. and You can't be consistent for more than four days because of the plan that the, the expert has you on. It's fucking worthless. But when we go to the deep end of the pool, fix your relationship with yourself, fix your beliefs, fix your identity, fix your relationship with food, fix your old conditioning. It's crazy what surface level shit takes care of itself.
0: Yeah. And I can't help but think that like, man, the nutrition and fitness, uh, space they emphasize a lot of things, but I, I find that it can be very frustrating for people because this is something that we all do. We all eat, we all do it every day, multiple times a day, unless you're uh fucking OMAD or you do Dana White's fast every week, you know, like, <laughs> like there's a lot of, uh, uh, There's a lot of things in the fitness space uh, that people share in common. There's workouts, there's things that you do, there's going on walks, like there's all these things that we do every day and everyone kind of develops an opinion of it. Everyone has their own perception of what is good or what is bad based on maybe what their parents did or how they talked about those things or the circle that they've surrounded themselves with or their own... You know, self uh, education and research that they've done on certain topics, and I find that man, like the health game and the the diet game, especially, is very difficult for people because we all have these egos inside of us that are like, we should have this shit figured out. Like, we should know the, these things. Like, we've done this forever. We're going to do this forever. But in fact, man, like, not a lot of people actually. Well, I'll rephrase that. Nobody really gets a formal nutrition education. Like, 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 Mm-mm. I think people get pissed off at themselves or frustrated at the fact that they fuck things up. And in all reality, like you and I both have been through our fair share of all of those things as well. That's probably why we're coaches, even why we're talking mm-hmm. about these things in the first place. Um, but I, I think this shame and guilt that comes along with, oh, I, I'm i not where I want to be. I, I I don't know how to implement these things long-term, even though I know it's in my best interest. Um, I think those are the the things that, man, kind of keep people on and off this wagon where they're like, hey, I want to live my best life, but I also want to have all these, you know, accomplishments and look good naked and, and feel really good and be there for my kids and all this stuff. But man, they think their best life and all those things are mutually exclusive when in reality, like they can exist together and they should exist together. Um, So long tangent, long story. But my question to you is when it comes to like dieting from the inside, like coming from a place from like introspection, what are tendencies? What are things that you're looking for, that you're listening, um, when people are talking to you, that you're seeing on the fitness space, that you're just like red flag or not, not even red flag, but just like talking point, talking point, talking point that you're kind of creating a picture and you're like, Hey, you know what, instead of telling you your macros, this is kind of where I think we should, should mm-hmm. go. Or, or you mentioned building the foundation before we build the house, right? Like, like, like what are some of those things that people can look for? Or even if listening to this podcast, Be like honest with themselves and think like, Hey, is that a problem with me? Like, can I, can I start to build on some of these things? Cause again, it's going to be different for everybody, but is there like things that you notice a little bit more than others?
1: Yeah, for sure. So, uh, we can take this like 70 different ways, right. But, but I would say the biggest one, first of all, is pattern recognition what always happens i mean here's the thing um the biggest thing that everyone struggles with is sabotage one of the one of the everything is a form of sabotage and everyone sabotages differently for example because everyone in in fat loss knows what i mean when i say sabotage or getting in your own way or whatever the thing is though some people do that by waiting until things are perfect and then they get started and they never do or some people they sabotage by being an all-or-nothing person and then as soon as they're all they're doing well You know, they have one French fry, then they say "fuck this" and they stay off for the next four months, right? There's a million ways people sabotage, but the thing is, one of the most powerful skills I think any good coach can have, but then also any good practitioner that is going through this game on their own, like the like the listeners, is you have to become a savage at your own patterns. Because the thing is, so to to get this really tactical, when someone struggles with the inner their inner game as a whole, I my my favorite way to bring all the shit to the surface is go, "Cool, what always happens." You've been, oh, this is Jones. You've been dieting for the last 10 years, every diet that you can fathom. So what always happens? She, and depending on her answers, that's then we go from there. Like she may say, oh, I've done every diet with its own name. Okay, that tells me we only do unsustainable things. We need to go down the sustainable route, right? Um, or let's say it's, I do I do really well until life gets busy, then I fall off. Well, that tells me the, season, the plan isn't all season proof. Or that tells me we have an identity issue if we're an all or nothing person, right? There's th- these different kinds of things and these issues come out. So- from a sabotage perspective, I would go, number one, what's the pattern? What always happens if you're listening to this? And I would say, what's the last five years you've tried to diet? What are the five or six things that always throw you off? Then we need to create an action plan for each and every one. Cause they all circle back. That's the dope thing with sabotage, man is sabotage. Um, it has a breadcrumb trail. It literally, it's not random. It's literally so predictable. It's not even right. Um, if like, you're an all or nothing person and you do well until you don't and then you fall off guess what's going to happen in about a month in about a couple of weeks or this weekend it's going to come back so once we number one recognize the pattern number two create a plan for each and every one of those things that could go wrong if this then what if this happens then what if this happens then what then three we we anticipate and fight Within then we put the plan into place right that's like the what like the crash course if you will like in in, in like sabotage but the thing is man specifically with this inner game stuff, what I'm looking out for is, yeah, there's there's like what hap- always happens, pattern recognition. The other side is how is your relationship with food? That's the big one. Y- you tell me your diet history and I'll be able to tell you exactly where your relationship with food is just by the words you use. Oh, yeah, I, I, I eat clean. Red flag. Oh, yeah, no, I'm good. I do good for a while until I can't take it anymore. Okay, red flag. What's good mean? Oh, I eat junk. Well, okay, well, that's red flag. Just the terminology. Um, I had a cheat day. Red flag. Because here's the thing, like, like I think you mentioned it earlier, like that I agree wholeheartedly with food is more than just fuel. We can't just separate our life from fat loss because it's all intertwined. Food is fuel, yes, but it's also in our culture in every facet, like birthday cake, date night, celebrations, travel, vacations, all the things. So we have to have a great relationship with it. So number one, sabotage what the patterns that always happen. Number two, your relationship with food. Then the last one is like your beliefs as a whole. And this this ties to your identity because. I think the epitome of dieting from the inside out is changing your, your belief systems completely, which include those about yourself. Because if you, here's the thing, just assume whatever you believe is going to find its way to come true. Like if you go, Oh, I'm a binger because you struggle with binge eating that. What do bingers do? They go find a way to binge eat. Oh, I'm a dieter. Dieters find a way to gain weight back. So they go on another diet. Oh, I'm not good enough. Well, now you have results. You don't think you're going to sabotage those results because they're incongruent with who you actually think you are with your self image. Oh, if you actually think carbs are bad, right? This is why we have to audit like what our actual belief systems are about everything, about food, about exercise, about yourself, about who you actually are. The most important is who you are because everything stems from that. We always act in congruence with who we think we are. Um, it's why, like, if everyone on this that's listening happened to get a check from Jeff Bezos for a contest for $10 million and that sucker's getting deposited, you would walk with a different swagger because your identity shifted that you're now a, you're now wealthy. Right? Our 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 actions and our energy and our frequency and who we are subconsciously is more than anything come out from who we think we are. But the problem is most people's beliefs about themselves are only made up of the things they don't like about themselves. I struggle with binge eating. I'm a binger. I'm, I'm never, uh, I struggle with motivation. Oh, I'm not the kind of person who's motivated ever. Oh, I suck at getting things done. I'm a procrastinator. Well, imagine like telling a kid that, that is going through a rough time. Like, oh, you're a failure at life. You're not going to amount to anything that kid will embody it, internalize it, and then produce the result on the surface. We have to audit your beliefs, your thoughts in your image around yourself more than anything.
0: Yeah, dude. Shit's deep, man. Holy shit. It's so yeah, deep, the, bro. Uh, <laughs> uh, the, the what always happens question is this is amazing. And I uh man, I encourage everybody. Listen, I'm I'm thinking about that to my, uh, you know, myself at some level too. Just like, how can I explore that with myself? How can I bring that to that to my therapist this next week? Um, but man, I think I think that's the start of the conversation for a lot of people. And, and when we talk about doing the inner work, man, again, it's going to look different for everybody. People have their own past experiences, their traumas, the shit they've been through, what they're dealing with right now. Uh, But this identity, this, that you keep bringing up man, that identity change that needs to happen alongside everything else is man, it's, it's so important. And even if we look at research and, 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 uh, you know, people who kind of like keep the weight off over the long term, yeah, uh, there's all these like examples, uh, fuck who is the name of the man? Uh, Ethan Suplee, I think that big guy that was from like Friday night lights, long story short, I think I, I read this interview or saw a video, uh, cause he lost like hundred to 200 pounds, something crazy. And, and one of the questions was like, dude, how did you do it? Or how'd you keep it off? And his, his response was like, bro, I, I, I like I like had to kill myself off. Like a very extreme example of that, but it's,
1: it's, it's actually not though. Like the, the way he yeah. worded it was, but one of the most powerful statements that I think people need to start saying is that's not who I am anymore. Yep. I'm telling you when, when you're struggling with something, let's say it's not fatless. Let's say you're trying to get sober. The worst thing you can do is say, I'm an alcoholic. It's my one pet peeve with, with AA is they literally solidify. I'm an alcoholic. I'm an alcoholic. I'm an alcoholic. Well, guess what alcoholics do? They go find fucking booze. But when someone goes, this is not who I am anymore, you can struggle with something and identify this is not me anymore. Let's say you're short tempered and you're trying to get emotionally in control. Let's say you have anger issues or you just like fly off the handle and you're in the middle of about to like, ah, you're raising your voice, but then internally you go, no, no, this is not who I am anymore. And then you go that direction. One of the most powerful statements you can say to start separating these things, the most important followed by the correct action you know, I can't say this is not who I am anymore than like binge eat is when you're in the middle of a binge and you realize it. Mm-hmm. Don't beat yourself up. Don't be like, oh, fuck, what's wrong with me? No, wait, this is not who I am anymore. And Put the chips away. I'm telling you, there's you, you, the old you have, does have to die for the new you to come through. Um, I mean, I cannot have, I'm an iPhone, I'm an Apple guy. I cannot have iPhone, the first iPhone with iOS like 17 or whatever it is now. It, it's, it won't work. I have to have the new iPhone to have the new, new software, but mm-hmm. People need to realize that you don't get what you want. You get what you are. So to get more, you have to become more. That's old school James Allen. But but for example, you cannot stay the shitty version of you and get great results because the old you will fuck those up. You have to. So instead of saying, how do I lose weight? The question is, who do I have to become? Who loses the weight? Because it's it's like oh I got to change who I actually am. Um, one of the my favorite people to learn from, Doctor Joe Dispenza, says the best. He gets he says to change your personal reality, you must change your personality. Imagine if this was a relationship. What if like for those that are listening, that let's say don't have the best track record, let's say with men. What happens if the 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 ass, your asshole ex who cheated on you says hey I've changed, take me back, but he can't tell you how he's changed. He just says he has. But he can't tell you how he has. He could not say, no, this was the version I was before. This is who I am now. Here's why my actions are changed. You probably wouldn't take him back. I would fucking hope you wouldn't take him back. Because you know he hasn't changed. This is why I think it's funny that you'll see like people like poke fun or like talk shit about their friend going back to the same asshole dude that hasn't changed, but they go back to the same asshole diet that keeps him stuck. Right? Because we don't get what we want we literally have to become a different version of ourselves and then we get what we deserve on that realm in words, to sound really quantum physics-y it's almost like like i compare it like this think imagine if you're a parent you have a kid that sucks in school your kid is just not doing very well and your kid goes mom how do i get better grades but i don't want to change anything how do i get better grades because i want my my football scholarship you don't say oh you just do better on the test you go well honey you have to become a good student you have to start going to class you have to go on time you have to turn in your homework you have to do your best you have to sit in the front of the class you have to become a good student and good students happen to get good grades you don't get to stay a shitty student and get good grades So you don't get to keep your same shitty self-image and identity of I'm not good enough. I'm not supposed to get this. I'm not, I'm a procrastinator. I'm a binger. I'm a dieter. You don't get to stay that shitty version of you and get amazing results. You have to become a different person who happens to get those results. Because when you become a different person, your actions change because they're in congruence with that version. And then that version happens to get outstanding results. Big difference.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this whole, uh, yeah, this whole idea that like, yeah, you are, uh, person that you keep telling uh, the story about or the the same story you keep kind of referring back to or you know what always happens what's always happened in the past man uh it kind of like uh i'm i know you're probably familiar with uh like like body fat set point theory or body set point theory but i almost see that in like a, a, a mental capacity too where like uh, the mindset that people have around these things are the things that keep people uh, where they're at and prevent them from getting to that next step, or next step. Or when they escape that space, they just come running back in back to where that old mindset used to be because that hasn't leveled up alongside of it. Um, mm-hmm. And I get that it could be like, honestly, when you say it out loud, it's it's kind of scary. It's necessary. It's a lot easier said than done, but it's the acknowledgement of it in the first place that like, bro, I got this fucking ball and chain that I'm just dragging along with me, man. man you walking the next mile is going to be a lot easier if you don't have that thing that's weighing you down fucking 50 pounds and you're going at a slower rate. So this whole like challenging the old story that you've been telling yourself forever, I think is so powerful. And I, I think every single person, you and I both listening to this podcast can really like resonate with that because there's a chance that they've been telling themselves a story. Maybe they're still telling it. Maybe Maybe they they can identify the old story that they were telling themselves. And then now they can reflect on it after the fact and be like, yeah, I was that person that did X, Y, and Z. And I'm proud to be standing where I am today because I've changed all these things uh, because Mm. of it, but it can be scary, you know, but it's so fucking necessary. And again, it's just something that's so overlooked that people don't even acknowledge as they start to be like, Oh, I'm going to eat clean on Monday. And, and just kind of like keep that start stop, start cycle happening over and over again, the all or nothing mentality, dude. I mean, it's just a great example of that. And I, I, I don't know. It's just, it's crazy because there's a lot of uh, overlap with relationships. You said even finances, like if we look at uh, people who have horrible spending habits or whatever the fuck, and they win a lot of money or they get inherited a lot of money or whatever it is like, man, they can spend that shit fucking quick and be back into square one. If they don't manage that even athletes at the same level, right? Like we see these on big case studies all the time. Um, but sometimes like the things that you're struggling with, like your nutrition, like it isn't The thing you're struggling with in your career or with your relationship sometimes. And that's where I think it can get tough for people is when they battle with something like say the all or nothing mentality with their nutrition, but they don't actually have that maybe with, with their parenting style or with uh, what school they're doing right now or what their career is or where they've been able to build up to. And I, I don't know. I just, I ask myself sometimes like, why, why is it the nutrition and fitness that seems to be like that? This like, um, and maybe it's just like a, of a, a validation for like, uh, people have a, a cop out for not uh, fucking doing anything sometimes. Like maybe, I don't know, maybe that could be part of it sometimes too. But like, when we talk about this all or nothing mentality, how would, how would you describe that maybe to somebody or, or how would you, um articulate a thought around like why that happens especially with someone's health and fitness journey when maybe it doesn't always pan out in, in other areas of their life if that makes any sense
1: it does because it's they're like to put it nicely they're full of shit Here, here's why um we have a tendency when we so pe- people as a whole have a tendency to either struggle with something then we find a way to validate the bad decision because we know deep down it's bad no one everyone knows you should not wait to start over monday everyone knows that is, like logically that's not a good idea but we we make us feel better, because, like, you know what? I'm an all or nothing person like Dwayne Johnson, like he's an all or nothing. He's so all in. fuck, yeah. So it's a validation of a bad decision, a decision we know we should shouldn't make. But here's the thing, whether someone may not know that consciously, maybe totally subconscious, but here's the other thing is um, we only do this in areas we struggle with. Areas we thrive, we have mass amounts of balance. We have mass amounts of um acuity, right? But like imagine this, if someone because I've yet to meet an all or nothing person in my life. I am the most all or nothing person I know. And I'm not even an all or nothing person. But this is why again it's a belief system issue because I, I this is how I help people have breakthroughs because someone's like Jared because I'll get asked like how do you break someone's all or nothing mentality? I go I show them it's flawed. I don't have to break shit. It's I show them it's flawed and then they realize it's flawed. I don't know a single person who opens up a carton of eggs, sees one that's cracked and go I'm an all or nothing person and throws the whole fucking carton away. No one does that. So why are, we play, why are we playing all or nothing person game in fat loss? Like a child playing house. It's not real. Your all or nothing's not real. We're just doing it to validate whether you're aware of it or not, to validate a bad decision that we should not be making. Imagine this. Imagine if my wife was a little short when she, let's say she had a bad day and my wife was a little short to me. So I hit her and I go, what? I'm an all or nothing person. It's fine. She shouldn't have said that. I guarantee you, your audience would have an issue with that. I don't do that, but just as as an example, right? But why are we acting like it's okay in fat loss? It's not. It's, It's the same thing. This is why we need to unpack this. Well, why am I being an all or nothing person? Am I actually an all or nothing person? Or am I just saying that because it makes the decision, the bad decision I'm making feel a little better? You know, it's because, but here's the thing, just because you struggle with something doesn't mean it's who you are. Because as soon as you tie something to your identity, your brain subconsciously protects it like a mother bear. I can go vroom, vroom really loud. I can make cool car noises, but that does not make me a fucking car. I can literally go, but it doesn't make me my Corvette sitting in my garage, right? It's the same thing with here. You may have all or nothing past behavior, but that doesn't mean you came out of the womb as an all or nothing human, right? Like, I can't change the fact that I'm 32. That's just who I am. I'm 32, but just because you're uh you're you struggle with some binge eating doesn't mean you're a binger guys you have to understand this is the difference between a noun and a verb a binger for example is a verb or or binge binge ate binge eating is a verb Binger is a noun It's a person place or thing that's dangerous just because you struggle with something it doesn't mean it's who you are this is where that phrase that's not who I am anymore comes in to help break that and to start having the correct actions but all or nothing's no different
0: yeah exactly it's uh. Yeah. That's a good point. Noun verb. I mean, again, going back to like the, I'm, I'm an addict com, you know, a uh, comment that people can make, or I'm an alcoholic or I'm a sugar addict or I'm a binger man. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. uh, that label that again, you put on yourself is this whole the premise of this whole fucking conversation is like, why do we need to get out of that?
1: <laughs> it's an idea. Well, here's, here's why it causes so many problems. It's a lie. It's not true, but you believe it as if it is, then you wonder why your life and results are incongruent and you live in suffering. It's because you are living under what, like, It's, it's imagine if you didn't believe in gravity, well, things are fucking awkward now all of a sudden, right? If you, you're not an all or nothing person, but you're trying to convince yourself you are or a perfectionist or a binger or whatever the case is. And it's no wonder you never get ahead. This is why we have to diet from the inside out before we diet for real. Because if you continue to go like, well, I'm just going to lose weight anyway, you're going to run in the same fucking circle. It's like, um, imagine, imagine a, like a canoe or a kayak where you're only rowing on one side, but because you're going in a circle, you're rowing even harder, hoping to get out of it you're just going to chase your tail faster and faster and faster and faster versus you need to go hang on there's a reason this isn't working maybe i need to have a, a, a an or, or an or, a, or a whatever you call them on both sides it's no different
0: yep exactly man yeah when you uh yeah when you have those problems that come up that the story that you've been telling yourself forever it's just like it's uh it's just you rationalizing uh or giving yourself an excuse to like continue to do that at some level and it's, uh, it's again, it, it starts from within all of these things that influence our actions, how we think about things, the likelihood of us following through or, um, falling out from different pursuits that we do, man. It's, uh, it's amazing how that is really the root cause of like, whether or not you're going to be able to stick to something for more than four weeks at a time. And, you know, we're kind of talking about a lot of things here today, a lot of really important things. And, you know, I'd be, I, I, I feel like I can speak for both of us, but like there's a a scope in which like Jared and I uh, can, can work within. Right. And and then there's a, a time and a place for most people where a therapist or uh, another healthcare professional, where you're working with somebody for your mental health can step in and start to really uncover a lot of these things. But man, you, you bet your ass, like you hire a coach, you hire Jared, like, like, these are some of the conversations that can, and again, be the start of the conversation, not to say that, that you or I are, we're going to have all these best answers for everybody, but these are the things that you can expect to work through when you work with a coach. Right. And obviously having a therapist on board, um, is a, is a really important piece of that component. And, you know, not to put you on the spot here, but you had one of the best posts that I've seen this year, uh, uh, last week, I think, and it was you, you meditating or something. And it was a big caption about Mm. your, uh, just what you've been working through with not specifics, of course, but just like, you know, where you're at, where your headspace is, like acknowledging that these things exist, but still working through them. Um, really important shit that again, not a lot of people advertise. And, and it's, it's not usually a puzzle piece that is like, uh, or, you know, piece of this puzzle that is sold to people of what the actual answer is to the solutions that they're, they're looking for when they hire coaches and all this being said, the people who listen to this podcast know that I'm a huge advocate for uh, people seeing a therapist or doing therapy as much as you can, really. Um, I've been seeing a therapist for a week the last four years of my life, every single week, and it's been life-changing. And it's been really mm. important to to pair that with everything else that I'm doing from a, a business mentorship standpoint, from uh, my own uh, physical health and fitness pursuits, um, from me working on my, you know, relationship with my wife and my fucking dog and my friends, like, you know, having a therapist and having somebody to lean on uh, in addition to maybe a coach or an accountability partner, I think is so important. And all this being said, I know this is a long word vomit, but at what line is my question to you is like, at what line where you're like, Hey, we need to get a therapist on board, or this is something I would recommend because in order to continue to, to make progress, you know, I, I maybe can't unsolve or help you solve a lot of these problems, mm-hmm. but you bet your ass that we can work alongside that to continue making really good progress here. Um, what stage in like, uh, from a client to coach, are you like, Hey, maybe a therapist could be a good idea. Or are you bringing that up at all? Um, and kind of, how do you navigate that and encourage people to do that? Cause getting into see a therapist or try and have a couple different ones, like could be a scary process too. And it, it could be, um, a, a thing that people feel like is a lot of work, but fuck that work is worth it when you mm-hmm. actually go through that process. So sorry for the, the long mm. tangent there, but take what you want with that. But I'm just, I'm curious where therapy fits into your yeah um, coaching practice and, and your own life and everything else sure. that you feel comfortable with sharing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, so for context, uh, I've been seeing a therapist for like the last three or four years as well. Um, uh, I'm on my second currently. I've pretty, I, I, and this lady's crazy, like in a good way, like she's like, I thought my last therapist was good. This lady makes my first therapist look like an amateur. Like I'm telling you it, it like this lady broke me open and told me more about myself in one session than I'd learned the last three years. Crazy. So such good stuff. And here's the thing. I would never, Tell someone what we do is a replacement for therapy. They're very two different things. Um, I think the line is very gray, if I'm being honest with you. Cause here's the thing. I actually when I when I first made this this shift um to talking about the inner work stuff, I felt kind of like I got a lot of like stay in your own lane, that's for therapy, but but I don't think it is. Here's the thing though. Um, one of the biggest demographics of clients in my program is therapists. How fucked up is that? Not fucked up and bad, like how cool is that? I think it's incredible because there are things in because here, here, here's, the, here's the thing. I'm going to see if I can explain this well. You cannot heal through something you do not go through. Most people, their trigger for their issues, their relationship with food, their emotional eating, their disorder style patterns around food, their self-image is because they have the desire to lose weight. That triggers it. So if you say, I'm going to stop losing weight and go work with a therapist, you may feel great because you're, of course, you're you work through some stuff, but you're also like 15 miles from the trigger. Then you come back to weight loss and boom, it triggers like an ex-boyfriend. Big problem. Here's the thing, though. What we do in coaching, the way that we coach, we do not unpack this shit with them. We give our clients the tools to unpack with themselves. We are not doing therapy sessions. I am not telling someone and breaking down their childhood what this means, what that means in letting and having them do a talk therapy session with us. We are giving them habits, strategies, and skill sets that still keep it in the container of weight loss. Like case in point, one of the, one of the things that people get kind of like, oh, wait, you talk about that is inner child work, inner child work. People do mostly in therapy, but I think there needs to be a conversation around inner child work and weight loss, because guess where you went with mom when you were seven? That Weight Watchers meeting. Guess what? Yeah, you had dad call you chubby and and kept making fun of you when you were 10 because you whatever. I was just talking with a client the other day that her issue started from her grandpa would always talk shit about how fat she was when she was 11 every time he saw her. You're telling me we don't have something, something to fucking work through? But here's the difference. I'm not doing that inner child session with them. I'm not telling them To do whatever I'm telling I what I'm doing is I'm giving them the tools. I go. Hey, here's here's what the inner child is Here's what needs seen. Here's what needs held space for so here's the homework I want you to go do if that's a lot If that's a little bit too much, if you're getting a little overwhelmed, then let's talk. I think we may need to see a therapist where they can walk you through it more. But otherwise, we give our clients and people the tools and tactics to start to unpack these things themselves, because I feel like there's also an abundance of people who are not going to go to therapy because it has the stigma, because they're scared, because it's a big fucking deal. But that doesn't mean they can't get inner work help. Like I I feel like it's saying, well, like I think where a lot of people look at this, we're like, What we do therapy is almost like saying like personal trainer, surgeon, like there's a lot of levels in between those. Right. Um, And for me, that's where I think it is. If there's a thing that I just feel like, you know, I think this is getting way deeper. Like, let's say we're talking about like sexual trauma, sexual abuse, um, home life situation, marriage problems. I have no right to talk about that. But what I can is, well, how's that making you, okay, well, let's talk about how that's making you feel. Hold, I want you to journal. The next time you and your husband have that fight, I want you to journal, hold space for your own emotions instead of running to the pantry, getting, you know, all the chips. And then maybe if you guys can't work that out, maybe you guys need to go see a counselor right like it I, for me it has to stay in our wheelhouse around weight lossy stuff but we're not the ones un- having them unpack to us we are just giving them tools to handle these things and unpack it themselves and if that's a little too much that's when we have the conversation around therapy and i think if anyone wants to expedite their results they need to have a therapist in their corner um and what's funny is we have we have tons of clients that are in that are in therapy, and their therapist is so ecstatic that we talk about what we talk about. There, it's 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 incredible. I have never once had a therapist tell me what we do is out of line, what we do is uh is crossing lines because um I was on the phone the other day with a PhD in psychology because she can't get her own shit figured out. So it's it, and there's no judgment there. I'm I'm just saying there, there's a space right here that no one is talking about. I cannot tell you the amount of just being honest with you. Um, therapists who binge eat uncontrollably who need to lose about 80 pounds who have a horrible relationship with food who sabotage beyond belief but they feel but they're actually held back in their practice about because they can't get their own shit figured out because guess what was not taught in their schooling it's like we see in like doctors like doctors have no nutritional background Um, therapists are incredible what they do my life would never be the same without therapy it makes me wonder if I didn't get in therapy where my life would be right now or where it would be in 10 years. But that doesn't mean that's the one solved solution, just like with us. We are not the one size all solution. If someone actually has an actual eating disorder, I'm not your person. But there's a massive difference also between disordered patterns around food and an eating disorder. I cannot tell you how many clients that we have fixed their binge eating and their relationship with food completely who therapists said you have an eating disorder, just be more mindful, get the trigger food out of the house. And this person never actually had a binge eating disorder. They had a fucked up relationship with food because of dieting. So we fixed that with dieting from the inside out. And guess what went away? The binge eating. There was no binge eating disorder there at all. Just because we struggle with something doesn't mean we need to take on the identity of that thing. And I know this is nuanced. I know I'm probably gonna get flack about this, but that's my stance on it.
0: Yeah. Amen. Yep. I was nodding my head the whole time uh, (laughs) because I was really well put and I, uh, I, uh, I agree. I think, uh, there's, uh, uh man, I was on, um, uh, Jordan lips, uh, podcast about a week ago. He was, ju- he was
1: just on mine last week.
0: <laughs> Hell yeah. I can't wait. I'll, I'm going to listen to that coming up. Jordan, uh, I, Jordan's great. Of, he's great, dude. One one of the questions he asked me was like, cause you know, I'm a dietitian in the space and, uh, there's like this war that tends to happen with dietitians, especially, uh, and kind of, I use the word like having a stick up their ass. That might not be the best thing to say, um, politically right thing to say, but there's this perception that like, hey, we're the only people that can ever talk about these things and we're the only people that should ever uh, uh, um, uh, be the one giving guidance or advice on these things. And that blanket, Answer to that is BS in my opinion. Um there's a lot of overlap from what professions do. And and quite frankly, man, if only these subgroups of therapists or dietitians or personal trainers or people only talked about one thing, man, everybody would be fucked up, right? Like everybody yeah, everybody would be confused cuz it would be like 10 pit stops for you to actually fix your shit. When in mm-hmm. reality, man, when you find a coach like Jared or you find a therapist and you pair one or two things together, man, it could be life-changing. But I think the the big Point I'm driving at is like you don't have to do this shit on your own, and chances are you likely can't do this shit on your own forever. Some people can, of course. Um, even myself, like I've I'm I have a lifelong pursuit of health and fitness and learning as much as I can, and I still feel like I don't know shit some days, you know. And 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 to have this expectation for somebody sitting here who doesn't have a degree in nutrition or who hasn't been doing the personal training classes and who doesn't have a a Ph.D. in in psychology, man. And like, that's what these other healthcare professionals are for. And when you find a good one, like the one you found, right? Like it could have a profound impact on your life, but it's people maybe like us, or you listen to a podcast and it's, uh, it's just cool to have an extra set of eyes or to, to have somebody like us give you validation that like, Hey. This is a trigger. Like this is something you can acknowledge with yourself. It can kind of give people ammunition to go talk about things with their therapist or with their partner uh, instead of just like suffering in silence, which a lot of people can do in all areas of their life. And I, um, yeah, I, I get worked up about some of these things, but it's, uh, it's important because there's a lot of overlap between what we do. And of course, like we have a feel if you're a good provider of like what you can and can't speak to and talk about and, and Mm -hmm. redirect a conversation to, to not talk about maybe the sexual trauma that has led to your weight gain over the years and all these things to unpack that. Right. Like I go there because that is actually a statistic, right? Like we, we have research and in these, in these things that say, yeah, like People who are sexually abused might have a greater chance of, of being overweight, obese as like a coping mechanism or as like a defense mechanism in the future. And that's some fucked up shit, right? And like that's not stuff that you and I are going to be like, oh, tell me now. Let's talk about we it. Actually, you know?
1: actually, literally that that okay, not trying to trigger too many people with this. Yep. That was an actual exact thing that one of our clients came out and said. Um, said, Hey, I actually have this deep fear. I was uh I was sexually assaulted at such and such age. And that's when I got fat because I felt I would be undesirable. So it was a defense mechanism. And I, and, but they're in our weight loss program. So what do we do with that? So what we do is I go, cool. That conversation on how to unpack that sexual trauma, all that stuff. I can't imagine what you've been through. I hold space for you. That should, I think that would be a fantastic conversation to unpack and heal through with a therapist who specializes in in sexual abuse. But as far as the weight loss stuff, let's address the emotional eating that's causing the problem right now hey let's 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 not stop demonizing food and get the relationship with food good and then let's actually you know what let's rewrite our identity and who we are and who you actually are right like so it, that that's a great 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 segue into how we can fix this or, or how, how we would segue that cool that side of that conversation is definitely um outside of our wheelhouse I I want you to talk to a therapist about that versus here's what we can do in our wheelhouse um but to say like, that person couldn't get benefit from from how we're helping especially if this is the message that resonates with them you know that's that's how i how mm, i guess my thoughts are on that
0: yeah amen dude yeah and just uh this overarching topic of like hey all reverts back to us uh working on our mental muscles right before we can work on our skeletal muscles at some level or making these mental gains before we can start mm-hmm. seeing a lot of these physical changes and, and gains start to happen and therapy is a big one. I wanted to bring that up because I, I know I know you feel passionately about, passionately about that, and I respect a lot of the the stuff that you bring to the surface and stuff you talk about with your own uh, experience with it because it fucking helps a lot of people. And I think these conversations can help a lot of people. Like not, and I. Honestly, at some level, hope some of these things we talked about today were kind of triggering for people because that could be the impetus for them to actually make a change or be honest (laughs) with themselves. And uh, there's no better person than to do that with you, man. And I want to be respectful of your time. We're coming up on the hour here. Thank you for all of that. I think that was good. I probably could have talked for the next three hours, to be honest, but <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll bookmark one for the next year or two or something like that. We'll get uh, you we back go. on. Um, but thank you, dude. Any closing statements? Great. But I'll plug everything in your or in the bio for where to find you, where to reach you. But say what's going on. Say what you're doing. Anything coming up? I know you mentioned a book like, you know, we can talk about anything. You want to plug. <laughs> this is your time.
1: Yeah, no, man, uh, uh, things are good you know, things are busy as fuck in a good way. Things are, things are happening. Um, right now, uh, what I'm most excited about is just keep, keep serving our people, keep, keep growing the business. Um, like we talked about off camera, I'm really in a place trying to do more with public speaking right now. Um, ideally I may, I don't know all the dates yet, but I would like to, at the time of recording this, um, I would like to have my book dropped this year, probably Q4 kind of, kind of vibes. Um, Otherwise in the middle of just like doing more speaking, more podcast interviews, pushing my podcast and scaling it, um, dieting from the inside out. If you guys like to listen to this deeper kind of stuff. Um, otherwise I'm just, just excited to just keep doing all this. It's, it's funny. One of the things that I've been working on with my inner work is I've been actually, it's it's so hard. I've been being less to my goals and outcomes. I struggle with that. I struggle with being so outcome driven. And one of the things that I'm currently working with in the stage of my life is, is I'm actually like, hey, here's what I intend to do, but if I don't, it's okay. Um, and having the belief that you know the things that's supposed to happen are going to happen, I'm going to show up and work my ass off. Um, but I find I have a lot more suffering when I go, this has to happen, and I'm desperate for it, and I will do nothing until it stops. So one of my biggest pieces of inner work right now is like, you know what, maybe it's not supposed to happen right now. So um, so that's kind of where that's at. <laughs> so, hell yeah.
0: Dude. Yeah yeah we could go on another 10-minute conversation just on that piece alone but dude yeah me, like that's a form of progression that you've probably been able to recognize and lean into right now because it's one probably uncomfortable and two a different way of thinking and approaching things than what you've done in the past that's gotten you to where you are right you're successful there's a lot of stuff going on uh, but it's acknowledging and it
1: feels like regression that's yes. the hard part that mm-hmm. with with inner work is i always say inner work is two parts it's new information but uncomfortable action that goes in opposition of what you want. I I can I literally, I I I can attack shit really well. I can set goals and crush them like no one's business. So for me to not set goals or for me to set goals and be okay with not achieving them and be I live in a state of like bliss around either, that feels like I'm peeling my face skin off. Which means I'm triggered, which means I need to sit with that and then unpack that. Cuz what I found in my last therapy session is I have I didn't uh, for me I, I'm working through this relentless fear of failure. Because I found out, I didn't know this. I was oblivious to this. It's just a little real moment, just so you guys, so showing you guys that I do this work too, is um, I, I found out I have a fear of not just failing, but then when I fail enough, then it bleeds into my identity of being a failure. And I found out there's some some work I need to do around that. I had no idea until like a month ago, right? So, But again, it's, it's because I, it, there's a level of failing enough becomes my identity, and I don't know where that came from. So my therapist is helping me unpla- um, unpack that, which sucks which is hard which is like like my little metaphorical snow globe is being shaken so um that's one of those things so that's kind of what i'm working on right now so yeah
0: absolutely dude yeah thank you for that and being open about that it's uh and it's just it's a good point to make that like yeah it's uncomfortable it's uh it's an identity change again at some level and uh that's the thing that's scaring the shit out of you, man, that's probably the most important thing that you need to be doing today in, in acknowledging mm-hmm. and acknowledging that. And the fact that it's taken you years to get to this point, like, again, this shit doesn't fucking happen overnight. You don't see a therapist for four weeks and you're like, oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. All my trauma's fixed. I'm good. I can start to lose right. weight man. give it 10 years. Seriously. It sounds like a <laughs> long time, but it's not like that time's going to pass either way. So might as well yeah. be you know, productive with it, but thank you, bro. I appreciate you. I'll, uh, I'll see you soon, man.
1: All right, brother, man. I'll talk to you soon.
0: Thank you again for listening to this episode. If you found value and enjoyed it, it would mean the world to me if you posted a screenshot to your social media. If you do, make sure you tag me so I can say thanks. Or if you're on iTunes, scrolling down and leaving a five-star review would be much appreciated. And if you ever want to get in touch with me, you can always find me on Instagram at LukeSmithRD. Thanks again for tuning in and I hope you have an amazing rest of your day. I'll see you on the next episode.